Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. We've got to start. Friends, would you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1? As we're continuing in Mark chapter 1 in our series, Start. The start is the hardest part, and we're looking to make a start with Jesus this morning. And um, as we're opening our Bibles, I do want to say hello to all who are gathering uh, with us. Last time we had weather like this, we crashed our online worship system. So if you're, if you're still there gathered with us online, we're so grateful that you're with us as a church. And and uh, as you sit there in Southern California or Arizona or at, at home under warm blankets, just know we, we love you very much. Uh, we're grateful to be together. Friends, as we open Mark chapter 1, let's, let's pray together. Lord, we have the joy of worshiping you in spirit and in truth. And we ask, Lord, that we would know your, your Holy Spirit at work in our lives as we Look to your holy word, that you would open our hearts to receive from you words of grace and of truth and of life, that we can follow you with all that we are, in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, hear the word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Start, ups and downs. Mark 1.1, we read last week, the beginning, says the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. We're looking at the beginning. We're looking to make a start. We're looking to hopefully kind of give each other a little bit of encouragement here in this series as we're following Jesus through the beginning of His ministry to give us all a little bit of encouragement that there's a start in front of each of us and we want to kind of push each other along a little bit, just give each other a little bit of a kick maybe to get over that hump of fear that keeps us from starting what God has called us to start. We need a little accelerant sometimes to get us going. We're looking for a start. Abigail and I were honored to, uh, to attend a celebration last week for a couple in our church. They were marking their 20th wedding anniversary, and it was very moving what they decided to do. They decided to renew their vows, and so they had the pastor who married them back in Ohio come out here, and, uh, and they went through everything that they did in their, uh, in their wedding ceremony 20 years ago, the text and the, the, the sort of charge that he gave and the vows that they read together, only this time they're reading them in front of their children. And it was just a beautiful thing. And it reminded me of, um, of, I think it was the second wedding that I performed when I was ordained. And, you know, I was nervous myself. The bride was nervous. 
the groom was an absolute wreck. <laughs> so I told him, I said, look, you, you don't have to worry about it. Just follow me. Just do what I do. Say what I say. Just repeat after me. We're going to get through this thing just fine. And we started out, you know, going fairly well. I mean, I would say it. He would repeat it. I, I take, I, I so-and-so take you to be my wife. I take you to be my wife. In plenty and in want, in plenty and in want. In joy and in sorrow, in joy and in sorrow. And then I was supposed to say, in sickness and in health. But what I said was in sickness and in death. <laughs> and the, the groom kind of looked up at me and I said, well, come on, you know, fo just follow along. And then he said it. He repeated exactly what I said and that's when I heard it. Like, oh, that's not right. No, no, you get some health. That's not a, I'm sure you get health too. You get a little health, a little health built in. Well, anything we do, anything we start, any, any great uh, endeavor, it leads to, to ups and downs. And we can get stuck on the downs, but it's not all, you know, downs. It's not all sickness and death. It's a, you get some health built in too. You get some upside sometimes. But young couples making their vows, they don't really have any idea what's coming next, do you know? They don't know. <laughs> they don't know what's coming. How can you know? You know you're going to have four kids, you know, and, and uh, be running around like this. You don't know everything that comes with that promise. But you know that God's calling you to make a start. And so you make a start. And every good start is going to lead to ups and downs. But if God is calling you to start something, you have to start. We cannot afford to lose all that we will lose if we never start what God has called us to start. Every great endeavor has a beginning. And you know this, every great story, every great story has ups and downs. There's no victory without some conflict. There's no progress without some pressure. There's no testimony at the end without some test that brings it about. Every great story has a problem or a challenge or an impossible situation that must be overcome. And so how about your story? The story that's getting written in your life under your name, every great story has a challenge. Are you tempted to give up in the down times? Are you tempted to walk away when the challenge comes along? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't assume that a difficulty means a disaster or a dead end. The friction that, that, that you may be feeling may just be what you need to get traction on your dream. The friction you feel could be the traction you need. And we all needed a little more traction this morning. We know what that feels like. Don't give up in the down times, but listen, in the high times, success can also be a temptation to falter. Highs can be as dangerous as lows. As they say, success can be more dangerous than failure. Success poorly handled breeds failure. But failure well handled yields success. So, 
Don't lose your footing on the highs. Don't give up in the lows. Every great start leads into highs and lows, ups and downs, but through it all, the faithfulness of God is proved. So carry on. As Jesus got started, as we see in Mark chapter 1, in the beginning of his ministry, he's thrust into highs and lows, ups and downs. He was baptized. He went down into the river Jordan in verse 9. And then in verse 10, he comes up out of the water. And then the Holy Spirit comes down on him like a dove with the voice coming down. But the voice lifts him up with the blessing of, of the Father, saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased in verse 11. And then Jesus is sent out into a low place in the wilderness, but he's attended to by angels who, who carry him and lift him up. Ups and downs, you see. Highs and lows. And through it all, Jesus doesn't give up. In fact, the ups and the downs only serve to prove God's faithfulness. Listen now, don't give up when things are down. And don't go down when things are up. Ups and downs are part of the story Highs and lows are worth the swing. They reveal the faithfulness of God. So you've got your Bibles open. The passage is in front of you. Let's walk along. Let's, or really, let's ride along the ups and downs of this roller coaster of a start with Jesus. Verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Jesus was baptized. Jesus, sinless, knelt down in the waters of baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He went down into the waters. Let me say a few things about this. See, this is a, this is a down. This is what Jesus is doing is a down. It's a going down. Jesus' baptism is the beginning of his public ministry. It's, it's, it's still a beginning. Baptism is a beginning. It's a beginning in, of a life of faith. It's a beginning, an entrance into the community of faith. It's a, a gateway rite. It's a sacrament of beginning. And we recognize uh, baptism with infants here at this church because we want that beginning to begin as soon as possible. We profess, just as we've heard, that faith begins with God's grace moving toward us first long before we know how to reasonably respond. Jesus' baptism, Jesus' baptism was a beginning, a beginning. In fact, when uh, Judas later needed to be replaced, the church in Acts 1 said the replacement had to be someone who was, quote, in Acts 1, verses 21, 22, was with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning, where beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. You see, that's the, the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Now, this could be an entire sermon of its own, the baptism of Jesus and what it means. But let me say this quickly. Jesus did this to come down to us. Every bit as much as the incarnation was a coming down out of heaven that we just celebrated at Christmas was the Lord coming down to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. The baptism is Jesus descending, coming down to us. Jesus, though himself without sin, 
associates himself with us, we who need baptism for forgiveness of sins. He comes down to us, to where we are, so that we can come up to him where he is. This is a coming down. Then up, verses 10 and 11. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Baptism is a down that turns up. You go down, then you come up. That's why some Christians uh, love the tradition of full immersion because you get to see that happen. We don't do that with infants for obvious reasons, right? But you get to see that. You go down in order to come up. You, you die to yourself in order to find new life in Christ. And Jesus comes up from his baptism and shows us new life. The heavens open up. The heavens open up. And the Holy Spirit comes down on him. Lots of ups and downs in this passage. Now all of this, all of this, is to give us confidence that Jesus is indeed who he says he is. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, because when the Spirit comes down, descends down, so comes a voice, a word from heaven. You are my Son, my beloved. No one can, you know, no one can question a voice from heaven. <laughs> And all this, is, all this is to fulfill prophecy about the coming Messiah, such as in, uh, in Psalm 2, verse 7, where it says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. All of this fulfills these promises to declare the Messiah. No one gathered watching what happened or experiencing that voice from heaven would walk away wondering if Jesus truly was the Messiah. They would know because God had spoken. Jesus went down in baptism to associate with us and then God spoke from heaven to associate with him. Down, then up. After going down in baptism, there's a lifting of Jesus by spirit and by word. And he must have felt really good right then, don't you think? Amen. That would have been a high, you know? What a moment. What a great moment in the life of Jesus. And there's nothing like a father's blessing, especially in front of a crowd, and especially when the father is God, you know? That really does it. You could ask Jesus, you know, later, Jesus, what was your favorite day in your ministry down there on earth? Jesus would think, well, you know there was that day at the Jordan, that first day when, when God, my Father, ripped the heavens open and shouted down for everybody to hear, hey, Jesus, I love you, you're awesome, you're my guy, that was a good day. That was a good day. So now what would you write, if you were writing the story, what would you write next? Verse 12, what would you write for verse 12 if this story were under your control? You'd say something like, well, look, listen, he's just been declared blessed and beloved by God the Father in heaven. Mark 1, 11, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son with whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Well, what comes next? Well, oh, 
gold coins rain down from heaven on, on everyone gathered, you know? I mean, the skies just open up with diamonds and glitter and everyone walks away with a swag bag worth thousands. A Humvee limousine drives up and there's a, an automatic red carpet that descends all the way down to the river where Jesus is and someone's in the car yelling, jump in, boy, we're out of here. You know, right? You're not with me on that. <laughs> now, what happens next? Verse 12. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. Sent him out, which is actually a little bit light for the Greek. You might have a translation in front of you that says drove him out. And, and you might fairly translate that tossed him out. The Spirit immediately picked him up and chucked him in the woods. That's what happened next. Ups and downs. You ever feel like your life is full of ups and downs? You know? You ever feel like, oh, everything was great yesterday. At just, this, just yesterday, everything was perfect. It was all lined up. And now this. Now I'm facing this. Listen, you're not alone. Jesus knows the ups and downs. He knows them. He's been through them. And he was in the wilderness, verse 13, 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. From the high of the open heavens and the great public blessing of God the Father, naming him publicly his beloved Son, now this, from face to face with God to face to face with Satan in the wilderness, chucked into the woods. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted, being harassed, being accused by Satan, the author of lies. You know, can you imagine? You're not the son of God. You're not the beloved. Look at you. You're nothing. You're worthless. Look where God, look where God threw you. Can you imagine the accusations before him? And maybe Jesus should have given up right then. Maybe he should have walked away. Maybe God calls you to start something and you get going, but then it gets hard. And maybe the difficulty is a sign of disaster. Maybe the wind in your face means it's time to tack another direction entirely and do something. No, no. The ups and downs are part of it. They are part of the story from the high of the divine blessing, Jesus goes head to head with his greatest opposition. See, Jesus is the truth. He said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Satan's only power is deception. He's the author of lies. Jesus goes head to head with the father of lies. He's tempted, the scripture says. He's tempted. Remember now. Remember now, a test is something that is meant to move you on. It's used to promote. You take a test to move on to the next subject, to pass on to the next challenge. A test is used to promote. A temptation is used to destroy. And Satan wants to destroy Jesus. He wants to destroy his ministry. 
but what Satan wanted to be a temptation for destruction, God used as a test for promotion. Jesus was not only face to face with his worst adversary, Mark says he was, he was with the wild animals, surrounded by wild animals ready to, to rip him to shreds. You know, where do you look for comfort in that situation? When you've got in front of you the voice of the accuser, the deceiver, the face of Satan, you know, face to face with them and he's trying to convince you that all you've heard from God is false, that everything that you've ever heard about God is a lie, that you have no value, you're no child of God, you're not beloved, there are no purposes or, or callings or victories in your life ahead of you, you're nothing, you're worthless, you should give up, you should give up everything, you should just, you should just die. And then you look all around you and all you see all surrounding you is just bloody fangs and claws that want to rip you to shreds. You say, where do I turn when everything is against me? When everything is against me. But Jesus held firm. What you learn in the lows is just how solid the foundations are. It's when you get low that you hit the bedrock. You find what is firm when the storm blows and Jesus stands firm. And you know what? After that, he can face anything at all. He can face anything. What are the scribes and the Pharisees compared to the wild beasts of Mark chapter 1? What is Pontius Pilate compared to the voice of Satan, the accuser himself? Was this a low? You bet it was. You bet it was. And I don't take anything away from that at all. I don't take anything away from that. Lows are low. They're hard. They hurt. But watch what happens. What did it do? It set Jesus up not only to start, but to finish strong. Make it through the downs and you may just find the foundations to carry you all the way through to the end. It may even be that what you find in the down time is what sustains you through the up times. It keeps you balanced. Jesus was face to face with Satan surrounded by wild beasts. But look, friends, look who else was there. One final up. Who's there? Who's there? The angels attended him. They served him. They were his ministers. They were his, his servants, his deacons. They were his help. Stand firm in the hard times. Hang in in the low times. God is there. I had lunch with a young man recently who's on a new, a new footing with his faith. In fact, uh, Christmas is the moment that he marks that, that things really turned for him, Christmas just a few weeks ago. But he said, but Tim, that was just the culmination of something that started in my heart a little while ago. It really started, I think, when my daughter was born, he says. Yeah, been there. You know, there's something that, that happens. We say that, uh, some say we meet God easiest in the highs or the lows of, of life. We meet God in the joys and we meet God in the crises of life. Well, listen, when you look down at that little infant girl, you know, as a dad, and I know it's the same, uh, very much the same for, for a mom. You look down at a child, but there is, there is something that cracks apart uh, 
There is a a weak point in the armor of any self-sufficient man. When you look down at that infant child staring up at you and all that innocence and all that vulnerability and, and all of that preciousness and treasure and value and the responsibility to protect. He said, I was looking down at that child and and you look down as a dad and, and you think, man, we meet God in joys and crises. Well, which one is this? Is this a joy or is this a crisis? You say, yep. And God is in both. God is in both. Hang in in the up times. Don't go down when things are up. Hang in in the down times. Back to our friends who renewed their vows last week, Annie Moore, she said to me, she said, Tim, you forget a lot of that language, you know, for richer, for poor, and good times and bad times. 20 years ago, when I first heard that, it didn't really register much. I was up there just so excited. All I heard was good, rich, healthy, it's going to be great, right? And she said, but you know what, 20 years looking back, it was in the hard times that the love got proved. It's in the hard times that the foundations are tested and tried. It's in the down times that the pillars and the supports are exposed. It's in the downs that we find that God is faithful. Don't give up when things go down. Some of those moments are gonna be the brightest and most exciting moments that shine the brightest when you tell the story of your life. You'll look back and say, there, right there, that's when God carried me. Don't give up in the down times. Don't go down in the up times. God is faithful through the ups and downs. And remember, remember this. No matter how high you go, Jesus has been higher. And no matter how low you get, Jesus has been lower. He's been there, he's with you, and he will carry you through. Don't give up, hang in. Put your fear aside and look to Jesus and carry on. Let's pray. Lord, you've been higher than my spirit will ever rise. You've been lower than my spirit could ever go. And Lord, I know that that you know everything in between. I know you see me when I'm up and you, you hold me when I'm down. And I pray, Lord, that through the ups and downs, you would grant me, grant each of us, Lord, the courage to take the next step with you, to carry on in faith, knowing that you are faithful and true and will never give up on us. Lord, be glorified. Be glorified when the sun is shining. Be glorified when the storm is in. Show us your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.